Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Welcome to Vinyl and Pipe. My name is Brittany Ross. Uh, I just ran a marathon and I'm like really effing proud of it. Like so proud that I had to open up this conversation with it. And, you know, I just had to put it out there so that way all of you know. And I just, I think that's the only thing that matters. Woo! Round that's of applause. Catherine. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Give me a applause. I need applause. I got to hear it. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, over there in Denver, we have Miss Catherine Flincham, who... Hello. I you haven't ran a marathon, but I did see you running on Strava, and I was very happy for you. I finally reload, like re-downloaded the app because sometimes, like when I run, it cuts off my run in the middle of it, and I'm like, what, 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 what are you doing? And so I just deleted it for a while. But yes, I am running again. It's also like not Yay. super snowy either, so I prefer not to run in puddles. It's running yeah. season. Uh, we have Miss Wendy Tabor, who is a kick-ass photographer. You can find her on Instagram at Designer with Fire. Uh, mm-hmm. She's also an advocate for the deaf and hard of hearing community, and she's drinking a drink called Perrier, and I've never heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Miss uh, Izzy Holman with us. I forgot your name for a second. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> The boner over in Texas who is drinking a beer that looks like blood and it's kind of making me nervous. That's the point. The vampire vibes. Got a lot of weird interest today. I don't know. I'm like firing an alder. I feel like my brain is still melted from the marathon. So like y'all buckle in. This is going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to read more of this book because I have not finished it yet. I know. <laughs> I love this book. I finished it. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> no spoilers. We are starting... Uh, the Midnight Library by Matt. Oh my God, Haig, Hag, Haig, Haig. I was saying Haig. Yeah, that sounds sounds right. Matt Haig. <laughs> I'm assuming because it's British, so. Mm-hmm. Matthew Haig. There you go. <laughs> I read this book during the pandemic. I read it in, I think, 2020. It's like 10 out of 10. One of my favorite books. I love this book so, so much. Is this y'all's first time with this book? Mm-hmm. It's mine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet I keep seeing it on Instagram or Bookstagram. <laughs> on Goodreads, it was voted like one of the best books of the year mm-hmm. for 2020, I think. It's deserved, honestly. Did it come out in 2020? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Okay, because like the dedication was like to all the health workers and I was sitting there like, is this written? like yesterday (laughs) it could be i mean 2020 was yesterday literally so and i mean we are still in a pandemic so true everyone be acting like those end in like six months true i don't i guess normally i'd ask or we would ask people like what their history with this book is but like y'all don't have any history did y'all hear about this book before we suggested it no i'm not on book talk so I, I never saw. Hmm. I just like, I like the cover. So. It is like an aesthetically pleasing <laughs> book. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. Have you guys seen The Page Master? It's an old cartoon movie. No. It has like Macaulay Culkin in it, Christopher Lloyd's. There's like really, there's a really good cast. Whoopi Goldberg's in it. It's like half 
in person, half cartoon. I looked it up the other night when I was reading this because it reminded me of it. If anyone's listening and has ever watched The Page Master and you, y'all are reading this book or have read this book, let me know if this reminds you of The Page Master because it gave me nightmares as a kid. There's like a library scene <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin like walks in and it's like this huge library and like in this like scary like place and it when I was like reading some of this stuff I was like ooh, I'm having like flashbacks of my childhood so yeah I was just kind of thinking about that and like Black Mirror at the same time too if you guys like have watched Black Mirror before and I think that's just also because it's British and so I'm sitting there like this is totally a Black Mirror episode it could be at least I didn't really think of Black Mirror I didn't either. I thought of a TV show that I watched a while ago called Being Erica that followed a similar premise to this book, but lists some changes like instead of a library, it's a therapist's office. Mm. The story and the structure of the book are like they they're quite similar because the end result was ultimately the same. Mm -hmm. But I honestly wish now that I actually finished this book because I am like this. I wish I had this book 10 years ago. Honestly, well, like at my lowest low, I feel like this book would have made a huge difference at that point. And now that I am more grown, healed, and kicking ass and taking names, I feel like this book was like a time to like stop and think and like gain perspective on how far I've come in my life. So in the end, it still benefited me. Yeah. I would yeah. recommend this book to literally anybody. That's why I'm yeah. happy I, I read it when I did, because I read it during the pandemic, and, like, I was having a really rough time, like, everyone else, and David was having a really rough time, and we couldn't had a hard time, like, being there for each other. Like, our home environment was, like, I want to say hostile, but I don't want to give the impression that there was, like, any kind of, like, abuse going on. We were just, like, so stuck in our own heads in our own worlds like we just couldn't help each other out mm -hmm. and we both kind of turned inward more to reading and that's kind of how David and I started reconnecting more and this is one of the books that I binged read binge read English is so weird how read and read are like spelled the same but <laughs> said differently but uh, not read <sighs> but I read it like a read <laughs> I read it and it did help me get through like what was a really dark time um i guess can't really say too much without spoiling the end of this book but please don't i love this book so much and i'm so excited that <laughs> y'all are gonna read it it's one of my favorites i just i love this book so much so i guess we should dive into it let's dive in get our feet wet with books so we open with a sylvia path quote who she's an author right she wrote books. Yes. Poet, authoress. And the quote is, I can never be all the people I want and live all the lives I want. I can never train myself in all the skills I want. And why do I want? I want to live and feel all the shades, tones, and variations of mental and physical experience possible in my life. I feel kind of weird leading this conversation because I've read this book before. But I remember the first time I read it, I was just like, what am I in for? Like, what is this book <laughs> I, I mean i didn't really pay attention so much to the quote i paid more attention to, i guess it was the next page i guess it's that little snippet that you get right before the first chapter between life and death there is a library she said and within that library the shelves go on forever 
Every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived, to see how things would be if you had made other choices. Would you have done anything different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? I, I guess, like, for me, I was more like, ooh, foreshadowing. Like, what are we going to expect? Mm-hmm. So I think that more caught my eye. Have y'all read any of uh, Kurt Vonnegut's stuff? No. No, I haven't. I've heard that this book is very similar to, like, Kurt Vonnegut's writing, like Slaughterhouse-Five, Cat's Cradle, etc., but it's more approachable. Hmm. So, depending on how much y'all like this book, maybe we should do a Kurt Vonnegut something or another. I know you've mentioned that author before, right? Well, I mean, yeah, he wrote a bunch of, like, classics. Oh, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Well, considering how absorbed I was into this book, like, I'd be down for some Kurt Vonnegut. It's hard to put it down. I've been really irritated with writing notes for it because I just want to reread it. (laughs) Instead of, like, putting it down, taking notes, and... (sighs) It's so frustrating having a podcast where all I do is read and take notes. (laughs) But you're being thorough. It's like being back in school again for a book report. So Brittany's facial expression is everything right now. Don't you miss those days? No. No. I long for those days. What's wrong with you? I remember it was like, sometimes I did book reports and they would be like, okay, like, make a game out of this or write a magazine. And I'm like, what is this? What am I, a masochist? Yeah. My favorite one of those was like, the chapters didn't have names, so we had to create a name for each chapter. I was like, that's something I can get behind. Oh, I like that idea. That's a really neat idea. I like that one. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> but you didn't do that in school? No, I don't think so. Sucks for you. So we get to our first chapter. I kind of, I, I need to really think before I speak. It's almost like I'm doing like an audio medium thing. I almost want to say the beginning of like every chapter in this book because every chapter name has meaning, but it will just be exhausting if we do that. <laughs> so the first chapter is called A Conversation About Rain, and it is because it is literally a conversation about rain. It starts with 19 years before she decided to die. And I was like, oh, well, we're off to a great start. <laughs> I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> Very specific, too. Like, hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we're in a little town called Bedford, and it took me until embarrassingly long into this book to realize that this was somewhere in England. Do you not tell by the way they're talking? No. <laughs> right? <laughs> I told, like, right away, I was like, oh, they're British. Yeah. Well, no. I, I saw Bedfordshire or something like that, and I was sitting there like, that ain't in America. <laughs> Where is this, in Oklahoma? <laughs> Uh, so we're in this like sleepy little town called Bedford and we are in a school library. There's a woman librarian named Miss Elm who's like this nice older lady and she's playing chess with this little kid and this little kid is named Nora Seed and Nora Seed is our protagonist and they're just kind of having like a conversation. Nora's expressing that she has like a lot of anxiety and concern about the future and not knowing like what direction her life is going to take. And Miss Elm's like, well, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, like you're young, you have your whole life ahead of you. You can make all these decisions. Like you're interested in uh, glaciers and 
all this other stuff. Like, just don't worry about it. Any decision you make will be fine, and your life's going to be great. And they're playing chess as they're doing that. And she's telling her that it's normal to be worried about her future, because everyone is worried about their future. Fair. But at the end of the day, she can be whatever she wants to be. Exactly. And it also seems like Miss Elm is Nora's, not, like, only friend, but one of the only people that she'll probably, like, talk or spend time with especially at school it kind of reminds me of like uh when you have a good relationship with like a private student Mm -hmm. like how you were like a trusted adult in their life it kind of reminds me of that relationship like the relationship that a kid has with a trusted adult who's outside of their family Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and i've been there before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with my own teacher (laughs) me too oh yeah same And then she gets an ominous phone call at the end where she's just kind of like, oh, no, what? Oh, no. Oh, my God. And then it just, like, fade to black. Chapter ends. (laughs) Yeah. We get to 19 years later. There's a man at the door. Because that is the name of the chapter. (laughs) (laughs) I love how the chapters are really short and they Mm -hmm. have, like, little names that... Like I like I don't like really long chapters in books, so I really like that. I agree. It's more engaging, I feel like, and it also makes me feel like I'm getting through the book faster when I'm going through a short chapter too, like yeah. that. <laughs> like I'm on a roll. I just read three chapters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also 27 hours before she decides to die. So this is a way oh, jump yeah. forward into the future. True. A local runner shows up at her door and. It's raining outside. It's not Brittany. It's not me. It's not Brittany. (laughs) It's not me thinking I'm going to... I literally... (sighs) Okay, I'm going to stop talking about my marathon. (laughs) Open that door for me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Anyway, a local runner who's not me because I'm not local to England. um, And I'm not a man. And anyway, book. Shows up at her house. He's Nora trying thinks to make that sm- he's going to, like, ask her out or something like that, apparently. For coffee. But he asked her out for coffee, like, a few years ago. Appar- that's, like, what it said in the book, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. oh, I'm hoping that he's asking me for coffee on this random night where he rang my doorbell. Mm-hmm. I believed her. Poor girl. <laughs> and he, well, it's also because he's sitting there and he's awkwardly trying to make small talk. He's just like, so, yeah, you work at the music store, right? She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't seen you around. And you're like, yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, you own a cat, right? Uh. If I were him, I would not start out with small talk. I'd just get straight to business. Exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. just hit me with the news. Seriously. Don't bullshit it. So he asks her if she owns a cat, and she says, yeah, I, you know, have that orange cat. His name is uh, Voltaire, like the philosopher. Not Vivi. <laughs> Not Vivi. <laughs> oh no, don't say that. I'm gonna cry. I know. I was thinking of your cats because I was like, oh my gosh, she named her cat something like weird old man named like Brittany did. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. With her, com- with her composer cats. Okay, okay. In my defense, Vivi came with his name. Wait, really? Well, that's cool. Really? I got him from a friend of mine who plays bassoon in grad in the grad school that I went to. So did that start the trend? Okay. David thought it was the cutest thing ever, so now every animal we have has a music name. It is pretty cute. No, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad that happened to you. Vivaldi was a ginger, and Vivaldi is a ginger cat, so they work out well. Well, Bartok is a composer. 
Oh, mm-hmm. I was getting Anastasia vibes. Bartok the Bat was named after yeah. Bartok the Composer. I didn't realize that was an... Wait, there's a Bartok in Anastasia. I didn't realize that. I watched that movie so many times. The little white bat who, uh, <laughs> like, travels around with yeah. Rasputin. The, yeah, the wee bat. That's uh, Bartok. I don't think I ever realized that. And the cat in Pinocchio is named Figaro. Yes, I knew that one. That was so cute. It just goes to show I am not a musician, <laughs> but I am not judged here, thankfully. I'm judging you a little bit. Oh, thank you, Brittany. <laughs> hey, I mean, it wouldn't be like fiddle and pipe if you weren't judged by one of us. Mostly me. All of me. Actually, it's just me. Just the fiddle. <laughs> That's why I like how honest you are. Yeah, she's like, I have this orange cat. His name is Volts because Voltaire seems way too pretentious for him because he's a cat. And he's like, I think your cat was hit by a car and is dead in the road. So she's like, wait, what? And she, you know, walks with him to the road. And there's definitely like an orange cat laying in the road. And her first reaction, well, she's sad. But like her first reaction is that she envies Mm -hmm. the fact that he's dead. And then she's sad. I wrote this down in my notes. Like... He's not smushed if he got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't he be, like, roadkill at this point? I guess she realizes that later. Foreshadowing. I know. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to string theory. Which I was like, we're going to learn about space. So then we didn't, and I was mad. Because <laughs> it's a music store named String Theory. <laughs> How cute and quirky at the same time. This is a little bit later in the day. Um, she shows up to work. I guess this is like the following day. And it's a store that sells music equipment and it's called String Theory. And she's late and Neil is her boss and he tries to fire Nora, but he's too nice about it. And it turns into this really roundabout and awkward conversation. Where he's like, you're just so amazing. Because <laughs> you're so good. I liked how uh, he, there was like a... he's no side with an ominous b flat and i'm like what is this <laughs> i just like the weird like cute music innuendos that like matt haig like throws in here because i'm sitting there and i'm like i feel too nerdy to read this he's big into like sensory and texture mm-hmm. kind of stuff in his writing i was wondering if he was a musician or if he just like looked these things up i feel like he was he's a, mus- not a musician he's not a musician oh dang when we read his memoir. That wasn't a memoir. Wait, the comfort book was a memoir. Oh, I, I didn't think of it as a memoir. I thought of it more as like, just like a thing of notes <laughs> or a blog, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Memoir. Okay. He has <laughs> another memoir called uh, Reasons to Stay Alive that I really want to read. I'm looking him up on Wikipedia now because I do my research on the spot. <laughs> like... A professional. It would make sense if he was, like, putting these, like, musical things out because her character is musical in some ways. But I don't know. It's just, like... There's nothing on Wikipedia about him being a musician. Yeah. Yeah, because it seemed to me like it was, like, if I were writing this, I would never say that. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's entirely possible he may have consulted a musician for parts of this. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Or he could be interested in, like, horror tracks or something. And the ominous B-flat tone. Yeah, I mean, he could, he could be. I mean, most people have a piano sitting around their house. Like, he probably can, like, True. hit the, pluck the, the, the keys and 
get the thing to make the noise. <laughs> the technical terms there. <laughs> this is how you know Brittany plays the, is the fiddle and fiddling side. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't play an instrument where I push buttons, okay? I don't know what that means. Me either. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, Catherine's the only button pusher here. <laughs> I, like to push, I like to push people's buttons, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just, like, really awkward about it, and it's just su- such a cringy conversation that lasts way too long. We find out, though, yeah. a lot of background, in, or, like, some bits of her background. Like, she was mm-hmm. a really good swimmer when she was in high school or something, and then she left school because of her dead mom. There's a guy named Dan, like, a last-minute cancellation of a wedding, and then she was in a band. She has a philosophy degree. There's, like, so much background info that you get literally in a paragraph right yeah, yeah. i hated that, that he meant he brought up like every single thing in her life though and offered like no solutions or like uh connections to help her he's like yeah you could do all this stuff but exactly i'm firing you <laughs> it's like that just makes you feel like a thousand times worse and her brother came to mm-hmm. town and bought something from the store and he just mentioned it he didn't tell her. yeah he, he just brings it up and she's like, wait, mm-hmm. how did you know that I was in a band? Oh, your brother told me. What? My brother was here. Also, it seems like her brother and her don't have a relationship because she seemed a little butthurt that mm-hmm. he didn't reach out to her. So, mm-hmm. Oh, Nora, your life isn't going so well. <sighs> well, it's like a little small town and you, you don't tell your sister you're going to be there and you know she's like stuck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dick move. <laughs> Yeah, and she says that her brother probably came through because he was visiting his BFF, Ravi, who plays, like, the bar circuit. I guess the pub circuit, as they say in England. The pub circuit. (laughs) Limey. Hey, we say pubs up here, yo. It's because you're basically (laughs) British. Anything that's non-American is British. (laughs) Australians are British. Canadians are British. (laughs) The French would, the French Canadians would disagree with you. Just say it. The French are British. <laughs> yeah, the French Canadians are British. <laughs> Were they at odds for so many years too, like against each other for throughout history? No, they're all best friends. What are you talking about? Everyone loves the English. It's not like they went around and, you know, try to take over the whole world or anything. Damn near succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Until America came around <laughs> and showed them. America. America. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, anyway, my brain is melting. <laughs> so, long story short, she's fired. And it's just kind of sad because it's like, oh, well, she doesn't really seem to have much going for her right now. And, you know, her- she literally opened up this conversation saying, hey, I'm sorry, I'm late. I slept like shit because my cat died last night. And it's like, you can kind of tell that he made the decision before she came in that she was going to get fired. And then he was like, oh, no, now I have to fire you knowing this. And then it's just, it went downhill from that. And I was just. Well, it was also time. She was, she was working there for like 12 years. Yeah, it's crazy. She's like 35 or 35, right? Mm, Yeah. 35. She's 35. And he's like, what are you doing with your life? Like, you should be doing something else. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I like it. It's just, yeah. Just like, get out of here. So we go a little later in the day. She's just kind of like aimlessly walking around the town. And she gets a text from Dan 
or she got a text from Dan yesterday saying when he was saying that he missed her and she's like, I don't want to talk to him because I don't think it's good for him, but also I want to talk to him. So she has this like urge to feel human connection, but also doesn't want to give him that connection and give him false hope. And you're just like, what happened there? Still Mm -hmm. a lot of things going on. Not a lot of answers. She goes into a magazine stand, which is what Matt said, but I guess it's like what Americans would call like a newsstand before. We, I guess we used to have newsstands. We, a news agent? <laughs> a news agent? That's what they called it in the book. Was it really? Okay, maybe I said a... It was called a news agent. And I looked it up because I, I was like, this is not real, is it? <laughs> okay, so then I, I put a magazine stand in my notes. Okay. A news agent. It's a newsstand. I think they just call it news agent, like probably in... Great Britain or something like that. But I imagine it's like a magazine stand. So like yeah. those things on the streets yes. where like they have a lot of like, magazines and newspaper. Like in the New York movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Spider-Man. Yeah. That, that's actually exactly what I thought of. <laughs> the only place you really see them. I'm sure they exist like in New York. I've never yeah. seen one in I mean, Denver. I don't know. <laughs> or in Atlanta. No. I've never seen one in Toronto either. They might be an old timey thing. I don't know if they survived the pandemic. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised they're in the small town Bedfordshire, England. Okay. Maybe it's more of a British thing. <laughs> they probably don't have internet in Bedfordshire. Right. <laughs> All the mail comes by Dove. The news agent. Carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah, the carrier pigeon brings the news agent. The Pony Express. <laughs> That's an American, That's an American thing, thing, Catherine. Do they need flare guns? (laughs) (laughs) So he, or sorry, Nora runs into Robbie there because it's a small podunk little town where everyone knows everybody. And Robbie's like, wow, I didn't really expect you here. But by the way, I talked to Joe, you know, your brother, and he's super depressed, by the way. And Nora's like, what? What is happening? He blames her for the band falling apart when they could have been really successful, which again just seems like dropping more shit on her that doesn't really need to be dropped on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Nora's like, mm-hmm. you know, I was having panic attacks and I was with Dan. I was like focused on like my engagement and I just like couldn't handle that big fame success. And Robbie just seems like he doesn't really want anything to do with her. So he just like storms off. Well, it's because he's cleaning pub toilets and not really getting paid at his pub gigs. <laughs> Yeah, he's right. he's bitter that the whole music scene didn't take off because he thinks that they could have been successful. And now he's like, he's still doing music, but it's not what he wants to be doing with music. Exactly. I like how he did say, like, that she has life fright, which I've definitely felt before. So thank you for putting that into an actual term, Matt Haig. I appreciate it. What was Wait, the term? Wait, what, what was it? Robbie says, like, basically, like, that Nora's problem is that she has life fright. Basically kind of like oh. talking about, you know, the whole cancellation, everything like that. And I was like, you know what? I like that term. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Appreciate it. I've been there. I really like understood Nora's counterpoint of, and I think your problem, mm-hmm. she retaliated voice trembling, is blaming others Same. for your shitty life. Yeah. yeah. And that is something people who are hitting rock bottom or are dealing with clinical depression do before they start working on themselves is they blame everybody else for their problems until they get their head shaken around 
they start fixing their own life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is very appropriate for where she's at. Yeah. It doesn't seem like she really blames anyone else, though, does it? She's on the defensive. She acts like she's a victim of circumstance. Yes. Yeah. So it's like she's not really deflecting, but she's not really taking responsibility. Yeah, she's not doing anything about it. She's just letting the bad things happen to her, basically. Yeah. Exactly. And she's kind of gotten comfortable in, in that state of mind. When you're scared... You'll do anything to protect that because everything else is frightening. And that means, like, you'll lash out. You'll instantly go on the defensive. I kind of related to that, honestly, because that was me 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're creatures of habit, so we will protect what we know and what we find is comfortable, even if comfortable isn't good for us. Exactly. It's kind of an addiction type of cycle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people are weird. (laughs) <laughs> we are. What's up with humans? We are. <laughs> she runs into a girl from high school at this magazine stand who basically... Basically is a bitch. She's like, oh, the biggest bitch. She's just like, oh my god, you're Nora. <laughs> like, you were this, this super great swimmer. Like, what are you up to now? I bet you're, like, in the Olympics and stuff. And Nora's like, actually, I just got fired from my job at the music store. And she's like, oh, well, you were with that cutie. Dan, like, what happened? Don't you have kids yet? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, you're 35. You better start hurrying up. And I was like, oof. That is like, this is some bullshit. (laughs) Like, I get, I understand as someone who is turning 30 and like my mom hit menopause early. So like I probably like most other women my age have that whole biological clock fear in my head. But it's normal for women to go through that but it's like you don't need you are not helping Mm -mm. the issue by pointing out oh my god you're 35 and you haven't had kids yet like that's not something you tell somebody especially somebody that you haven't that you really don't know exactly right it's the same vibe as like a stranger going like oh you're so pretty why don't you have a boyfriend or something like that oh it's none of your business like get out of my business i don't even know you and that just makes you creepy like leave me alone (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's, like, too much. It's too forward. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's not anyone's business, really. No. It's not your business. That's what I would have said. And she's just trying to hide out. She's just trying to hide out for the rain, like, leave her alone. Yeah. It's like, are you going to help me pay for these kids? Like, are you <laughs> offering to co-parent these kids with me? Like, what's happening here? My cat just died. She, He was my kid. <laughs> yeah. Real. Like, it's for real. How am I going to keep a person alive? Pets are children, people. Exactly. Um, she texts, uh, her friend Izzy, not this Izzy, but. <laughs> Which also, I, when I was like reading this, I was like, how perfect we have Izzy coming on. I know. Can I say though, that I actually, when I read this book the first time before I actually knew Izzy, I did imagine someone that kind of looks like Izzy has like a chill vibe, you know, light hair, just living that life. I was like, yeah. Honestly, that kind of tracks. Yeah, I, I feel like I relate to the Izzy in the book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Australia. Go to Australia. <laughs> yeah, for real. Look at some whales. She texts Izzy, sure. and there's no response. There's only the, the dots, or you can see that someone's typing, and then they don't type, and then they type, and they don't type. And that, I don't know about y'all, but that, it used to give me really bad anxiety <laughs> whenever I saw people doing mm-hmm. that. Me too. Yeah. It's gotten yeah. better, but... Especially when they don't end up sending anything. It's like, 
Just send it. <laughs> to be fair, you're though, typing. I do something like this where I start texting someone and then I get distracted and then I just forget. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. forever. That's usually probably that's usually probably the case, you know, with most people. But sometimes I'll put the typing dots in if someone's not typing. Like there've been a few times where I'm texting David and there's the dots and then nothing comes up and I'm like typing question mark and he's like, oh, I didn't I didn't put I didn't put anything in. and I was just like. What are you doing, Apple? <laughs> Why are you praying on me like this? Apple's purposely fucking with us. Yeah. Apple's alive. <laughs> Steve Jobs back from the grave. It's the AI messing with you. Oh, no. Mark Manson, stop. No. <laughs> She's basically looking for a reason to live and not really finding one. I kind of related to this. And I think probably, Catherine, you did too. And Izzy, I don't know if you teach privately, but I'm sure if you teach privately, you've also related to this. She's walking home and she, like, gets to her house and the mom of one of her students or her only student calls her and uh, it's just like, where where were you? And she's like, oh, shit, sorry, I forgot that we had a lesson. I was like, yeah, it was like an hour ago. She's like, I think we need to quit because, you know, what's-his-face is already in all these other activities and he just, like, can't be keep doing piano and Nora's like well he's learning Chopin like we need to do something we need like don't make him give up and she's like yeah no we need to leave by Nora and I was like that's a mood the explanation like oh they're they're doing so many activities and stuff like that like something has to go I've definitely been told that before by students that to be fair they were doing a lot and when it ends up being (laughs) like a lesson that happens once a month or when you constantly forget yeah that reasoning is valid. I was also, I was kind of confused because she just showed up at her job to do her shift and then got fired. I'm like, how did she have a private lesson then? Probably like scheduled after her shift, like, or, or her so-called yeah, scheduled Yeah, I guess she shift. was walking around in the rain for a while, searching for the meaning of life. Yeah, because yeah. hours have passed. <laughs> because let's see, if we go, if we go mm-hmm. back, uh, she showed up to work at nine and a half hours before, and then this was five hours before. So four and a half hours have right. passed. So it could have been like a three-hour shift or a four-hour shift. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it just seemed like less time to me when I was reading. I read it really fast. That's probably why. <laughs> I mean, there were small chapters. <laughs> I also, like, it's my biggest nightmare of, like, having a student be at a lesson and I'm not there. Like, that's my biggest nightmare. It's happened to me before. It's happened to me before, too. And... Also, it, ha- it, it happened to me, and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> like, that's, how, that's why I'm a little bit petty, because, like... That, that's also happened to me. It was a student that I did a trial lesson with, and then I said to them, please let me know if you want to continue, like, if you want to actually do lessons. They never got back to me, ever. And then the next week, same time, I got a phone... I got, like, five missed phone calls when I was at the grocery store, and I was like... I didn't even realize that you guys wanted to do lessons because you didn't tell me. I wouldn't feel bad <laughs> exactly. at all. No. Because <laughs> that's so their fault. Me neither. That's why you got to make sure everything's in writing. Right? Right? Like and you send up a follow-up text and you're like, hey, yeah. let me know if you want to keep doing this or whatever. Well, that was also the last time I did trial lessons too. I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> like, I'm never doing this again. And I didn't. And also the student was not interested when I was doing the trial lesson with them. So after they left, I knew in my head, like, they were never coming back. So I was, when I was at the grocery store and heard those, like, voicemails and text messages, I was like, I'm surprised you even came back. 
I was like, that was how shocked I was. And then I was like, holy crap, they, like, they came all the way in traffic. Ugh. Whatever, it's fine. It's so their fault. Yeah, that's what's yeah. on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a neighbor that she has who's an old man who she gets pills for him from, I don't know, I guess the pharmacy. And he basically like goes outside and he's like, oh, I don't need you to get my pills anymore because I have this other boy to do it for me. And she's like, oh, well, like, I can't even get pills for you. And she goes inside and sees the cat bowl. More sadness. God, it's just like the worst day yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, more after, more after. Just give her a break. <laughs> no friend requests, no messages, no comments <laughs> on her social medias. God, that just seals the deal right there. Yep. <laughs> She goes inside and takes two antidepressants because those are supposed to make everything better. Uh, Yeah, she goes on social media. Like y'all said, that doesn't help. She's looking around at the stuff in her apartment and she sees all the philosophy books basically representing her degree that she's not doing anything with. And then she sees her piano. I'm pointing to my piano that y'all can't see. It's over there, though. (laughs) And that's just a representation of, you know, her failed music career. No more chopping. No more chopping. <laughs> I really thought it was chopping when I first looked at his name. It's not. <laughs> Fair. I mean. Didn't you think Mozart was something weird too when I met you? Mozart? That was Mozart. Mozart? Didn't you, you said something. I said, I mean, I said, Mo- I said Mozart a lot when I was younger and my teacher would be like, it's Mozart. <laughs> like, correct me. <laughs> I was gonna be like, I was gonna be like, did you say batch or like <laughs> Johann Sebastian Batch? Johannes mm. Brahms introducing my new raisin Brahms. I love. Have you all seen that commercial? <gasps> oh my god, it's the best no. thing. Wait, how did you go through music history not wait go learning Brahms and then not being shown raisin Brahms? <gasps> Didn't have a cool teacher, I guess. Okay, I'm going to put it in the show notes for this episode. Okay, remember when commercials were a thing? Right, and they're good, actually. They still are a thing if you have cable. (laughs) Legend has it. But this was, like, back in the 2000s or probably 90s when they were doing, like, Save the Arts commercials, probably the 90s. And they do a commercial for... Uh, instead of Raisin Bran, it's Raisin Brahms, and Brahms, like, comes coasting through a, a wall. With a piano. And all these kids are like, Johannes Brahms! And he's, like, introducing my new Raisin Brahms, and they're eating the cereal, and the dad's like, Sally? And then the kid has, like, a beard. And a mustache. And he's like, Susie? <laughs> and then, like, the other kid has a beard. <laughs> it's really funny. Genius yeah. commercial. It's so It's cute. a wonderful it's commercial. <laughs> I mean, it's stuck with me for 10 years, so it's done something. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, so back to something less happy. Uh, the pills aren't working, so she drinks her wine, and she calls her brother and leaves a depressing voicemail that's just like, hey, I'm sorry, it's something you did, just like, my life's really shitty, and yeah, and then she decides to die. And she writes a suicide note basically saying that she never made anything with her life, and then we get to a chapter that is zero zero colon zero zero colon zero zero. Midnight. <laughs> Midnight. 
The British Midnight. The British Midnight. Right? Yeah. Is it like in the metric? <laughs> it's just something? a 24-hour clock. <laughs> it's the metric clock. I have a question, Wendy. <laughs> Do you guys go through the metric system on this? Or like, I guess it's, is it military time in, in American military. terms? It's military time, 24-hour time. Uh, it's used in Europe, but like in Canada, unless you're in the military, we know. don't use it. Hey, Wendy. You know that Canada's not in Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> You, know, you just said it's used in Europe and Canada, I and I was just like, one of those things is not like the other. I was curious if it was used in Canada, though. It's used in Europe. It's also used in Canada if you're in the military. Yeah, I only know people in the military use yeah. military time. And I hate it when people do it, too, because then I have to, like, calculate, like, damn it, what's 17? I know, they're like, it's 22 o'clock, and I'm, like, subtracting in my head. Like, Just subtract? Wow. <laughs> it's like the, the meme of the blonde woman doing the math. <laughs> oh, yeah, I also see it at the train station. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, I know 1,800 hours is 6 p.m. That's the only one I can do at the top of my head, because math. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, help. Yeah, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> Process it now in my brain. <laughs> But usually I'm like, can we please speak in AM and Smart. PM? Thank you. <laughs> We're not on a top secret mission. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I speak in analog time. Is that what it's Thank called? Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. I think so, right? So, uh, clocks. Uh, the midnight. There we go. It's midnight. There are columns. Yeah. This reminded me of, like, I don't know if you guys oh, watched, yeah. like, Percy Jackson. I'm reading those books right now. Oh. <laughs> That, that's that's my thing no and so they go to like the greek god yeah. world and it's like in the yeah. clouds and the way that she was describing this um wherever she is it reminded me of that i could see that this reminded me of the page master um but y'all haven't seen it <laughs> so i can't <laughs> we both have our own like little things that people don't care. okay I literally, like, feel like I, I've watched this movie so many times, at least in after school. It, it's been around since, like, what, 1994? So I was like, damn. How, I just feel so old. Never mind. I mean, you can't be surprised that I haven't seen it. I'm kind of surprised, actually. I mean, you you should probably be more surprised that those two haven't seen it. I am a movie connoisseur. I'm actually kind of surprised that Wendy hasn't seen it either. Like, that's the thing. I am really shocked <laughs> that y'all haven't even heard of this film. But I don't know. Maybe maybe my school was just weird, and they were like, "Let's play this movie every single day in after school and terrify the children." <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in this like Percy Jackson slash whatever movie Catherine saw universe where it's <laughs> misty and everything's like weird, and time is being weird because it's at like a standstill. She walks forward a bit, and there's just like this huge building. She's like, "Okay, I might as well go in it." So she goes into this huge building and it's just like it must be a library for lack of another word because it just has like endless books and they're all different shades of green and they all smell fresh like that wonderful new book smell if you all ever go to bookstores and like fresh cut grass yes just like smells like a barnes and noble yeah (sighs) let me tell you my three favorite smells in the world gasoline me too. New books. <laughs> Cut grass. I'm glad we agree on the gasoline one because, like, me and my my dad yeah. and I love the gasoline smell. And my mom looks at us like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah, mine's where I'm like, ga- I like I like gasoline wood. 
I love the smell of like a gym, like wood in the gym or like a fresh house. Can you just, can you, can you be more specific? Can you not just say wood in the gym? <laughs> like plywood. <laughs> fresh scent of pine. I like all the, all of it, but no, like, you know, like a plywood. Penises. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Take Izzy to a construction site. <laughs> yeah. Take Izzy's her to like, a construction first day idea. site. Wood. Lumber. <laughs> <laughs> Timber. Yeah. Gasoline too. Gasoline's amazing. Oh and maybe some chlorine, some bleach. You know, all the things on the tank are like face away from the the siphon, and I'm like facing directly toward it. I'm like, mm, that's all <laughs> great. Like, <laughs> Let me inhale. Someone is at the next pump, like staring and at I'm you, just wondering like, what is wrong with you. Yeah, Brittany and I's like midnight library is just like dent, drouse, doused, just gasoline everywhere. <laughs> just just... <laughs> Don't let it match. Damn. Don't break wind there. Oh <laughs> I can see three pumps with regular <laughs> premium and diesel. That you can choose one. Oh, wait, I wonder if they have different smells. Oh no, the different flavors. Oh, different flavors of gasoline. No. Uh, oh, She's like, I gotta it. sniff me some diesel now. I never tried. It's like scratch and sniff, but better. <laughs> I know oh, what I'm God. doing tomorrow. This is so, so speaking of diesel, the books were green. You tried. That, was, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Thank you. Little segue. Wasn't bad. So she pulls one of the books out and then she gets a stern warning from none other than Miss Elm. I knew it was going to be her. When she said like old lady, I was like, it's going to be that old lady from the beginning of the book. Who else? Sure. <laughs> but the other old lady. <laughs> I'm really smart for knowing that. <laughs> it's her spirit guide. <laughs> or... I was going to say maybe fairy godmother. I don't know. I was going to say that too. <laughs> Guardian angel. <laughs> yes. We find out that Nora's dad died and that's what the phone call was about at the beginning. Miss Elm like comforted her after, you know, because obviously she had to tell kid Nora that her dad died, but she's a kid. So she's really distraught. So like, what are you going to do? And you just sit there and comfort the kid until they're Okay. And apparently her mom and her brother came to pick them up and they were all just kind of in shock, obviously, because it seemed pretty sudden. I don't want to say that's like how they formed a deep bond because it seems like they had a deep bond before that, but I think that really solidified, solidified. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great minds. We both said solidify. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. So then we learned that quote that Catherine said at the beginning that the midnight library is what's between life and death and it's made up of a bajillion books that would show you your life if you had made any different decision or choice and it could literally be as small as like deciding you want oatmeal for breakfast instead of a fried egg or as big as deciding to marry a different person like visualizing it in my head that's just so many books it's like infinite because we also talk about, like, the moving shelves and how it's just, like, it's almost like a, like, uh, conveyor belt. I know. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. When I was thinking about it, like, granted, I was high. 
And okay. so I was just like kind of like freaking out inside because I was like, like, how could there be that many books? There's books. so many books. There's so many lives. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, exactly. There's so many possibilities. Oh my God. Like my brain was just kind of exploding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's understandable. I mean, I just wanted to be honest, you know, <laughs> if you ever feel this way. I mean, pot's not legal in Georgia, so... <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Me too. It's legal here. Yeah. Are you both high right now? There's a dispensary like half a block from my house. Actually, two. I definitely knew this because you mentioned that like in another episode yep. that we recorded a long time ago. <laughs> I think you might have. Probably because she's high, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, God. Because I was high. <laughs> Nora gets real emo about not even being able to die correctly because she's like, well, I just can't do anything correctly. Like, I can't even die right. I'm not dead. I'm at this fucking library. Like, what the hell? And then uh, Miss Elm is like, well, you might very well die because this is kind of like a temporary limbo between life and death. And people don't just stay here forever. Like, either you're going to die. Yeah, you're going to die or you're going to choose another life. So... Like, what's it going to be, kiddo? You go one way or the other. So she's kind of protected from death in the library, and she has a little bit of time to decide how she wants to live her life, which is a really interesting concept. I know, like, I don't know about y'all, but especially reading this in the pandemic and, like, my life was honestly kind of shitty. Like, I was drinking too much. David was drinking too much. I was working a shitty job at, like, Total Wine, and I, like, lost most of my income, and I just, like, hated everything. This is a really insightful thing to read. And I was like, what if I made different choices? Like, did y'all think about this mm-hmm. at all? Like, applying this to your lives? How that make you feel? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Kind of makes you, like, put the book down, right? Oh, sweet Jesus. Makes me think. <laughs> yeah. I actually had to put it down for a little bit to think because mm-hmm. it brought up like, so much crap that, like, the period when I moved from Georgia back to Canada for that three and a half year period, which I was also going to college then, I honestly feel like if I made some different choices during that period, I would not have hit rock bottom at, like, three weeks before my college graduation. But... In the end, I feel like I needed to hit rock bottom in order for me to get my head out of my ass and admit that I needed help to work on resolving all my trauma. In the end, I'm glad that I did make that conscious choice to get the help that I needed because within a year and a half of putting in the work, I met my husband and we got the hell out of Kingston and... Ten years later, I own property in the most expensive real estate market in the country. Yay. And also, yay adulting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I think about all those, like, choices that, like, like this could have made you different, this could have made you different, and then, like, foreshadowing when she sees how it could have been different. Mm-hmm. It, like, freaks me out. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't make any different choices because then I wouldn't even know who I am. I yeah. could look different. I could have different hair. I could. I'm like. I don't. I like who I am now because it's who I am. So <laughs> that's gonna remind what mind when I was like, that'd be so weird. Because then you aren't really yourself. I used to think my life would be better if I didn't. Uh, if I wasn't friends with like this one shitty friend that I had 
And, but it's just like being friends with her is really kind of what drove me to play violin, which led me to meet David and make every good friend that I have today. And my life, like I am a musician. And it's like, even though I'm not friends with her currently, it's like, if I had not been a good friend of hers in elementary and middle school, then I would just be a totally, I don't know what I'd be doing. I don't know who I'd be with or I don't know who I would be. Yeah. Which is amazing to think about. Yeah. I was thinking about like what would happen if I didn't play flute. I don't know what I would do to be honest. Maybe I'd do meteorology. Be the weather girl. <laughs> Chasing a tornado somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But I thought of like, okay, like what if I did this? But I also just thought like, well, if I did do those things, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. And I probably wouldn't, be around the people that I'm around today either and you know I I just kind of think about those things like do I want to take things back I don't know I still feel pretty young so I feel like it's too early to tell still maybe ask me in like 10 years or 20 years and then I might have a different answer who knows I think what I'm realizing as I get older is that age is what you make it I mean I'm turning 30 this Mm -hmm. year so like that's kind of like a big big thing running the marathon was a big thing for me to do because with COVID and everything I didn't achieve certain milestones by the time I turned 30 that I wanted to like originally I wanted to have kids before I turned 30 Um, I wanted to feel like I had my life together before I turned 30 I don't know I just I felt like my idea of myself at 30 was just like a more put together person not like I'm not put together but more like an adult and I don't feel like an adult so I decided like a year ago, instead of dreading 30, I was like, I'm going to run a marathon and that's going to be my thing. That's going to be my milestone. And I did it. And then I realized like age is just kind of what you make it. Like you're only as old as you let yourself be. I kind of, I'm starting to understand what people older than me have been saying. I kind of felt Mm. that. My grandma, she like, she just got married. (laughs) Oh, Oh, nice. Congrats to your grandma. Yeah, she just went to Mexico and got married. She had a boyfriend. And then she's like, I kind of like having a boyfriend, you know? And she's like, I look in the mirror and I, like, see my... I'm, like, literally just myself when I was, like, young. Like, I'm literally the same person. And so she's always been like that. And she's, like, so active. And she, like, bikes and runs. And, like, so she's been like that for me. It's like, age is definitely what you make it, for sure. Yeah. Good for (laughs) her. Go grandma. Mm -hmm. Were you going to say something, Wendy? (laughs) Other than go grandma. Like... (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel what you were saying too, Brittany, because in in a very Mm -hmm. specific way, though, I found out last year the exact nature of my hearing loss after a lifetime of ENTs giving me the runaround and not telling me anything until I finally got a competent one. He explained to me that the nature of my hearing loss at my age, I am going to gradually lose it over time. I thought initially that I would have a bit more time, but as the decades come and as my health changes due to age, I will probably be quite deaf, very late deafened by the time we're seniors. And I made the decision because 
at the age of 30 to lose my hearing with dignity. And that is a very scary decision to most people who don't have a future like this looming before them and having to decide that at such a young age. But I elected to make this decision with dignity because I've had 15 surgeries by 30. And they were all from the neck up to fix various things, alleviate my headaches, what have you. And I decided enough is enough. I am going to work on my deaf history. I have an ASL dictionary. I'm going to advocate for other people. I'm going to be very honest, get my story out there, and just try to benefit the lives of others who are going through the same thing. Because I don't know if you know in Canada, one in ten persons in Canada have hearing loss to some degree. Hmm. Like, that's a big thing to make. At the age of 30, in my opinion. It would make a Canada joke, but it doesn't seem like the time or place. <laughs> I, I just love your motive, Wendy. I really love it. It's inspiring, because I don't know what I would do in that... Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. Or how I would react, to be honest. Just don't pull a Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull to Beethoven, no. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Take baths. Because <laughs> I heard, I think I like remember hearing something that he apparently like Ew. did not bathe. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he was an old stinky, Ugh. smelly man that couldn't hear and was really loud. Oh, that's normal, honestly. Like, we can't adjust to our environment. So if we're hollering at you and the situation doesn't call for it please be nice. <laughs> I mean, at the risk of sounding like really conceited, yeah. I think it's a brave and mature decision to make to kind of accept mm-hmm. and take responsibility and accountability for your physical health and not let it affect your mental health mm-hmm. and let it not stop you from living life. It's certainly not stopping me from writing a book. Yeah. Fuck, you don't need hearing. Yeah. Write a yeah. Book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you That's don't. That's so cool. Yeah. Almost done the first draft, hopefully, before I get to Georgia. Dang, I'd love to read it if you want to, like, share it to people. After I get some edits rolling, I'll share the manuscript privately. Yes. And then it'll be on Fiddle and Pipe one day. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually the objective. I, that's, you two were the first people I thought of. Aww. I'll try not to trash it too much. Just please make sure it's better than Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, oh, it'll be much better than Fifty Shades of Grey. So, uh, we're reading a book on this. Podcast. I know. I was like, I don't even know where in the book we are. <laughs> where are we? Are we at? Are we at? The book of she meets the librarian. Okay, she got it. Yeah, so the moving <laughs> shelves. So we kind of mentioned this, how the shelves like move around in like a conveyor belt kind of style. They just start moving really wildly. And Miss Emma's like, it's time. And I imagine like there's books like flying up around her. And she's like, ah. <laughs> she's like an evil genius. <laughs> <laughs> she's like absorbing the power of the books. <laughs> Your visualization was completely opposite of Are you telling me I'm wrong? <laughs> Yeah, I was not imagining that either. Oh, well. 
I'm just imagine like a sweet old woman just standing there like it's yeah, time. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and her British accent. Well then. Maybe y'all can lead this podcast then if you can do it so good yourself. No, yours? I like yours a lot better. There's like some sorcery <laughs> happening in yours. And there's like Bartok in the background and he's just like looking at all the books. Because <laughs> he's a black cat and he's <laughs> Bartok is in this, mm-hmm. he's in the Midnight Library. <laughs> midnight cat. Midnight cat. So the Book of Re- Regrets comes up, and it's just like this big heckin' book. Um, and it's gray colored, it's different than all the other books, and it's it's huge. It's like a volume. Literally, she opens it, and it's every single regret she's had for her entire life. Some are like really mundane, like... Um, Seems very overwhelming. Yeah, I feel sick thinking about what mine would be. I don't even want to think about it. Same. Some are really <laughs> mundane, like I didn't wear the right pants uh, to this occasion. And some are like really heavy. Like she's like, I regret not telling my dad I loved him before he died. It was definitely easier for me the second time around. But like the first time I read it, I kind of had to put the book down and go like, woo. Like my personal book of regrets. That would just be like... I don't even want to think. It's hard not to be self-insertion with this book, I feel like. Right. Self-insertive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know why that's even, why is that even a thing? Maybe you find out later, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe think, I don't know, I haven't read it, but I'm like, that should not be there. <laughs> In um, my opinion. It definitely doesn't lay out all the regrets that she has, but you do get a sense that she has, like, a ton of regrets. Um, the regret of not having kids is, like, flashing and the reason why it's flashing is because it's like sometimes a regret and sometimes not a regret and from the age of like 34 on because it is kind of separated by age but it's a little bit mixed up because sometimes you have the same regrets in different stages of your life and sometimes you have different ones oh that's a dog (gasps) hello hi bob (laughs) oh what a cutie patootie floppy feet He's so cute. <laughs> Sorry, he just wanted to join for a second. So from 34 on, most of her regrets are focused around Dan. So we're kind of getting like, we still don't know the scoop around Dan, but we're like, who the F is this Dan guy? Who is he? We find out that Dan is heckin' good looking chum and he drank too much, which is unfortunate, but apparently he was still a really nice guy. I put that he was the head of PR. What does PR stand for? Personal, Personal relations. relations. Okay. Oh. I was looking at it before and I was just like, before our recording, because I had two students cancel, and I was just like, personal record. Per <laughs> protein <laughs> rhinoceros. They like the people that talk to the press, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. In the name of other people. Press record. <laughs> press record. <laughs> Uh, he's the head of a PR for like a protein pancake brand. Goals. But he wanted to open his like, y'all know that there are protein pancakes, right? Yeah. Costco has some. Yeah, I've never had them, but I'm always very curious. Like Kodiak cakes? Yeah, that's yeah. what I think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they yeah. good? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unless you load it up with syrup. And butter. <laughs> and then what's the point? And blueberries. <laughs> honestly. Unless you make them unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. Then they taste normal. <laughs> but his uh his big dream was to open a bar in the country with Nora. And Nora had this fear of settling down. 
And she imagined that her parents just kind of settled down and they obviously didn't do well together and they hated their lives together. So she's like, I want to be like my parents. So getting married is like terrifying and settling down and opening a bar is terrifying. And she tried to push her wedding back when her mom got sick, uh, but the wedding didn't get pushed back. And she got caught up in like her sadness and her anxiety. And she's just like, literally the only way I can get out is by not getting married. And she didn't. Yeah. She got a cat. Yeah. I think it was a solid choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. I think it was the better choice. She said that her chosen life didn't seem freeing, even though she's, she did supposedly what she wanted to do. Uh, she still didn't get the result that she wanted. And she got like really overwhelmed, started going into herself. And Miss Elm's like, you need to close the book. And she's like, I can't. And then Miss Elm's like, you really need to close the book. So there's this like montage of, her closing the book and then when she closes the book everything's fine yeah here's where i imagine like the superhero with the wind she's like trying to close the cover you know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay i had the wrong visuals the first time izzy you don't need to rub it in <laughs> yeah, that's what i was imagining for real <laughs> oh okay i thought you were just being a jerk i was like oh ouch but okay no Miss Elm asks what life she wants to try on and says that there's a strong possibility that she won't be able to go back to her old life she wanted to die so she can just land in another life. Miss Elm mm-hmm. says that if she's happy, she can live out one of those other lives. And it wouldn't be weird or anything because it's like she was always there. It's not like you're just inserting yourself halfway into that life. It's just you, you, you've been in that life that whole time. And if you choose a life from a book, everything, like the library... And everything from her past life will just become like this foggy, vague memory and eventually just kind of like fade out of existence. And if she loses the will to carry on at any point, the library will be destroyed and she'll die. <clears throat> so this is like Mrs. Elm like mm. laying out the ground rules of this Midnight Library game that we're playing. I also sense some foreshadowing happening in that paragraph. I was like, hmm, why would you bring that up, Mrs. Elm? <laughs> hey, I mean, you got to know your game rules, right? Just yeah. saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Nora's like, yeah, I definitely did want to die, but Mrs. El- Miss Elm is like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if you really actually truly wanted to die because you're here and you're not, like, dead. Which is, like, a good job rubbing the salt in the wound that she couldn't even die correctly. <laughs> right. When she was, like, when she kept say- saying, like, I, I just want to die. Like, get me out of here. I just want to die. I don't even want to look at these. I'm like, that, like, kind of, I think, brought in her mental state of how, like, done she was because I'm like, if I were in that situation, I'd be reading all the books. <laughs> like I'd be so excited and like stoked. I'd be like, "This is the coolest thing ever." Mm-hmm. This cool library, yeah. all these books. But the fact that she just like I didn't even care it was like I think a good reflection of like where she was mentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, True. I feel like if you did truly want to die, you would really be interested in living another life because like your right. old life was shit. Mm-hmm. Like you could find a new one, go for it. <clears throat> um. So if she's in a life and she feels, like, fully disappointed in that life, she'll just kind of go back to the library. So the first thing she picks is a life where her and Dan are still together. They never left. Mm-hmm. And they never departed. And that's where she ends up, at the Three Horseshoes. The Three Horseshoes. What a cute little name. It is a cute name. For a little mm-hmm. pub in Oxfordshire. Yeah. <laughs> this pub is in a different city. 
Oh, it is Oxfordshire, isn't it? No, it was like a nice country. I think it's Oxfordshire. Yeah, you're right. That, yeah, yeah it is. They, they say it in Outlander. Right. I, I was thinking like whatever her hometown is, it's also like something Shire. Bedfordshire? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> British name. I was going to say know? Shire because of the freaking Hobbit. Hobbit? The, shi- <laughs> the, yeah, Hobbit. the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. She sees her handwriting on a nice chalk board outside she has four exclamation points on that mm-hmm. chalkboard so it must too, mean so she that must she's happy. very happy mm-hmm. <laughs> hashtag live laugh love <laughs> oh, no. that's pretty much the same vibe no. yeah. <laughs> honestly same vibe it's trivia night at the pub there's all these people leaving the bar and they're like oh well yeah we'll get them next time nora like we'll quiz next week mm-hmm. <laughs> quiz you next week mm-hmm she, oh, trivia night. She goes into the bar, and it's, like, this quaint, cute, well-polished little place. Um, there's a guy who looks like maybe he was a dishwasher or something. And he's like, hey, everything's cleaned up. Like, I'm leaving for the night. And she's like, oh, that's good. Like, bye, I guess. Because she's still like, what the fuck is happening? She finds Dan. Well, he comes up from, like, a cellar, I guess. And he doesn't seem super happy. He definitely has a glass of beer that's not full so partially empty um and he's saying that the lines Catherine, i'm sure you know about this like the lines for their kegs are not working right so they gotta be replaced or something that's a bitch do you want to explain <laughs> Just, like what that means Catherine? i don't do i don't do that stuff um to be honest at my job so i just let people that know how to do that stuff do that stuff <laughs> but i do know that it's a bitch <laughs> We're talking about the ones. Wait, where? Oh, I work at a bar now. You do? I work. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And Woody's also a bar, like bar owner. So. Yeah, and yeah, it's like a lot of moving kegs, and I don't do that stuff. (laughs) I just tell them, "Oh, this is empty," (laughs) or "This one kicked." I'm a pretty little girl. I I can't. I can't lift anything. Help. Kegs are no joke, though. (laughs) No, they're really heavy. So Dan doesn't seem super happy. He seems kind of like cold and aloof. Stressed. He's stressed. Uh, it seems like that they have money problems. Well, yeah, when you own a bar, it costs money. Yeah, the, they're coming tomorrow, like the loan people or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know with like restaurants, there's most restaurants like don't make that much money. The profit margin is very small. I'm sure it's the same with bars too. Yeah. More or less. I don't know. I'm not... I play violin, so I don't really know anything. (laughs) He starts making these remarks like she doesn't really know that much. Because there's like a trivia question about one of the mountains in Europe or something. And he's like, we need to pick better questions because no one could have guessed that. And she's like, oh, it was like this mountain. And Dan's like... Oh, it was like K2. He was like, well, of course you know that. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's so cool that you know that. I was like, well, duh. You're just weird. Yeah, he was like kind of an ass about it. And there's just like all these signs that their relationship isn't going right. I guess they live above the bar. So they go up. It's like Bob's Burgers. It's like, <laughs> I didn't have to say it. I didn't have to say it. So... I watched the movie, but I did pass out halfway through because every time I watch a movie, I pass out like half the time. They were those people. <laughs> we kind of get the vibes that maybe Dan is 
maybe hinting that they should have sex. And then Nora's like, I don't really want to do this sex anything. And he's like, oh, like, it's okay. We don't need to try this cycle. Like, we can wait till you ovulate next time. Nora's like, wait, what? So they're trying for a baby. Yeah, he's like, if you're not in the mood for a baby making, he says something gross. I was like, ew. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of gets mad at her. Because he's like, well, if we're not going to, like, do it tonight or something like that. Yeah, it was like a schedule or something. It's like... It, it seems like it was more of a chore for him, too, because right. he was just, like... It seems like he really wasn't... I mean, he, he was listening to, what, a podcast beforehand on his laptop? Like, right. I don't know. That doesn't scream, I want to have sex. He was doing, like, multiple... Trying to read his, like, bartending book, like, how to run a business book, and then going on a podcast. It was really... Well, <laughs> I mean, I've never tried for kids, but I've heard that trying for kids is oftentimes like that. Because you, you you have a small window where you can get pregnant, so you just you gotta do the thing when it's time to do the thing. I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's what I've heard from friends who've <clears throat> tried and gotten pregnant and stuff. So it's just kind of like, kind of makes sex sound not super fun, but I wouldn't want to have sex at that point. Yeah, I just say like, just don't worry about it, right? And then maybe yeah. if it happens, it happens. I mean, whatever works, I guess. But mm-hmm. so he's like, yeah, you know, if you don't want to have sex now, it's fine. We'll just wait till your next cycle. And then he brings up, what does he bring up? That. Oh, that he cheated on her. Right. With the girl she saw outside. Yeah. Yep. She was talking to someone and he's like, oh, like you were talking to so-and-so. Like, what was up with that? And then she get Nora gets from Dan that he cheated on her while she was, wait. Dan cheated on Nora when Dan was drunk. And apparently it happened twice. Yeah, because she's like, she was acting all surprised. And he's like, oh, why are you so upset? And then she, she's like, once? You, oh, she's like, you cheated on me? And he's like, well, twice. <laughs> and then she's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So. Which kind of like shocks her because like he was, what, what was it? She was like saying, you just texted me on WhatsApp the other day wanting to be together or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's just interesting because it seems like in this life, like, more so she did stay with him and they, like, follow their dream, but he's not really appreciating, like, their relationship. I don't know. Maybe there's something also going on with Nora in that life and maybe she's doing some stuff that is not that great, but it just seems like Dan is an asshole. He is. Yeah. Major. (laughs) It's like without her, he would have never gotten there. Obviously, mm-hmm. based it's on like, her other life. Yeah. One of those things that sounds better than it is in reality kind of things. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're turning to alcohol for everything, it seems, there's a sign of a deeper issue at hand. That's true. Mm-hmm. There was also, like, I guess before she goes up to the apartment and they're talking in the bar, she's already getting annoyed by him, too, because he, like, kind of laughs at her when she mentions that she was like in a band before and he's like kind of condescending towards Mm -hmm. that a little bit or like making fun of her towards that because he was never supportive of her music career in the first place and she is like kind of remembering like like things about dan that she didn't like right i mean yeah like that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. obviously Maybe Dan's not for you, girl. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Because at first she's like, oh, there's like a couple things, but the benefits outweigh those. And then as she get, was with him longer, she was like, wait, there's like a lot of things, actually. 
And it was only, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> like, 20 minutes of time. She's like, it's like a city. You know, there's always going to be some parts that you want to avoid, but you can love the whole city as a whole. But then. Yeah, then it's like Gotham City for her. <laughs> <laughs> then she starts to feel herself, like, kind of dissipate. And then we get a kind of a flash back in her normal universe. Um, it's an update on social media, and she's wondering how she ended up where she ended up in life. And it's this whole elaborate quote about comparing life to a maze where you can see people who, like, made it through life's troubles, and they're on the other side of the maze, and you can see them through, like, the branches and the leaves. So you can see that there's an out, and it's possible, but you can't figure out how to get there, and you just feel, like, trapped and stuck. And it was a very beautiful analogy. Wendy, you're looking at it. If you want to read it, you can read it. Did you ever think, how did I end up here? Like you are in a maze and totally lost and it's all your fault because you were the one who made every turn. And you know that there are many routes that could have helped you out because you hear all the people on the outside of the maze who made it through and they're laughing and smiling. And sometimes you get a glimpse of them through the hedge, a fleeting shape through the leaves. And they seem so damn happy to have made it, and you don't resent them. But you do resent yourself for not having their ability to work it all out. Do you? Or is this maze just for me? P.S. My cat died. I really like that. (laughs) Yeah. Matt has a really beautiful way of putting the profound into easily understandable, digestible little blips. He did that in the comfort book, too. Mm Yeah. You should yes. read that, Wendy. I like it. It's a very good book. Okay. It's a great book. Definitely don't read it in one sitting, just saying. Like Yeah, you don't need to. Pace it, it it's out. a lot at once. Pace it but so we normally don't say the chapter names, but I'm going to say it just for this. It's called the chessboard, but my phone. So what I've been doing is I've been reading in bed and I take notes on my phone because I have an iPhone and I have a Mac, so I just transfer the text to Word on my computer and it's not a big deal. But my phone kept correcting this chapter title, which is called The Chessboard into The Cheese Board. <laughs> and I see no issue with this. Jesus. Yeah, I don't either. Oh, the cheese boards are great. Ooh, I have some good cheese in the fridge. I'm kind of <laughs> drilling a little bit. That's embarrassing. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wait, you actually have footage of this, of me daydreaming about cheese for, like, two seconds. Hmm. <laughs> so she gets back to the library and she Nora says that the life with Dan was different than she imagined and Mrs. Elm says that you know it's hard to predict what will make us happy also people change and that's what she said too yeah mm-hmm. yeah Nora's like maybe he was like that but you know I ignored the signs or didn't see the the writing on the wall there were signs those signs showed mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no more Dan and it, but instead of thinking of it like, oh, well, I made a good decision not marrying him, she thought, none of my lives are good. I failed in every single one of these books. Yeah, my life is trash. Because <laughs> if I were her, I'd be like, oh, I, I made a good decision not marrying him, you know? Maybe that'd be a positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She does wonder what will happen to the Nora in her other life, because she's like, I was just in the bathroom, and I was feeling disappointed that I left. And she's like, what what's going to happen? And Miss Elm's like, well, have you ever walked into a room and just, like, forgot what you were doing? 
And I was like, oh my god, was someone living? That like, kind of like freaked you know? me out a yeah. little bit though, because I have definitely been there, and I was like, oh my god. That was literally like some someone in another universe that died living your life, Catherine. Oh, inception. <laughs> I'm gonna get some real weird texts from Catherine tonight in a few hours. Brittany, I'm high, and I think that someone's in my body right now. What do I? <laughs> Be prepared now because I'm probably going to do that. <laughs> When I read after this, because that's, what I, that's my plan, is to read the second part of this. Okay, where are we? The only way to learn is to live. That, that's the chapter title. The thing, she does say something that I do want to go back and oh. talk about. Nora says that she still wants to die, and then Mrs. Elm says you yes. might be fixating on the whole want aspect of wanting to die and you might be trying to fill a void in your life with that like you have a you're lacking something in your life you have a lack problem Mm -hmm. like the life with Dan wasn't the solution so Nora's like well give me the life where I was a good cat owner like to Volts where he was an inside cat I didn't cry this time, but I cried the first time. Did you cry? I read this book. I definitely looked over at Lacey and I was like, I love you. <laughs> and she ignored me, but, you know. Aramis did the same thing. I went up to him and I told him <laughs> he's not allowed to die because I'll be absolutely wrecked. And then he just stared at me with his serial killer eyes and tried to bite me. <laughs> like, bitch, where's my food? Cat things. <laughs> Our cat's great. I love cats. <laughs> She goes into the life, and everything is exactly the same, um, except Volts is an indoor cat, and she's nowhere to be found. Yeah, and he's nowhere to be find, found, and she finds him where on like a under the bed, under, under the, the bed. bed, and the fact that like she's Still. trying to drag him out, and then he's cold. I was like, I don't know what I do. I can see why you cried, Brady. Yeah. Well, I mean, that actually happened to me. I was in <gasps> sixth grade, and my family, we had a kitten. Um, he was, like, two years old, and he died under my parents' bed. And, like, my sisters and I, like, pulled him out. He was the runt of the litter, and we talked to a vet, and they said that his heart was probably too big because, um, like, his tail was, like, really fluffy, which is, like, kind of a sign of, like, a heart attack, I guess, in cats. So it, like, kind of happened to me, but not really. But I just, I'm very attached to my animals. Like, you know, most people are very attached to their animals. So the idea of, like, finding one of my pets just dead is very uh, traumatic. Yeah. And also, like, an orange cat. Like, I have an orange cat, too. It doesn't uh, help that it's also, like, Voltaire, Vivi. Vivi. Yeah, so then she yeah. she missed back to the library, and she's really obviously upset because she's like, I wanted a life full where um, Volts was still alive, but Miss Elma's like, well, no, you actually just wish that he was an indoor cat. And she says that there's no life that he's alive because apparently he has a really serious heart condition. Matt gave the specific He was, like, thing. born with it or something like that. Yeah, something that you couldn't really help. And he died from the heart condition. He didn't... He wasn't hit by a car in the real life. But, as Catherine mentioned, he mm-hmm. wasn't all mangled. Yeah. Exactly. He, yeah, he died in the road, like, on the, on the curb from the heart condition, not from a car. It's the same yeah. thing in the life that she was just in. Like, the cat died under the bed from the heart condition. 
her original life was actually like the longest life and the best life that he had and that's another thing that made me cry it's just like yeah and the fact that that he went outside because he didn't want her to find her like him dead so he went outside i was like oh my god that like yeah i know that that really like that happened to my dog my heart i had a i had a german shepherd and i had a rottweiler when i was a from like 10 to like 15 Mm -hmm. when i moved in with my stepdad they were his dogs but uh six months after i moved we moved in my rottweiler died at night she woke up she knew she was dying and she went walked down the driveway catherine's been to the house she knows how big that driveway is and how there's like a, a valley or some sort of like gully where all the brush goes she went off the pavement and she settled into that area where all the brush is and we found her because my stepdad was taking me to school he got me in the truck and we were leaving but then he saw her in the brush realized she was dead so we had to go back up the driveway and wrap her up and then he dropped me off at school and then he took her to the shop where he worked to bury her. And I was crying that day. <laughs> I'm surprised he brought you to school. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, don't take me to school. Well, to be honest, I didn't want to be there anyways because Bianca was being a tiny terror. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Little sisters. <Yeah>. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> Siblings. I cried because it wasn't sad, but it was like heartwarming the fact that you know, she gave him the best life that she possibly could in, like, her original life. And, like, obviously, I mean, we kind of talked about this, like, Wendy earlier with your hearing loss and stuff. It's, like, you're born with, like, and everyone has this. You're born with, like, a predisposition to certain things, and you can't help that. But, like, you can still give people and give animals, like, the best life that you possibly can. And I just think that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm going to hug my cat after this. Yeah, all <laughs> oh, my babies. David's going to be like, what the fuck? I'm going to like, come here, let me love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then also we see that her little regret of being a bad cat owner disappears in her book yeah. of regrets. Right. Because she, like, Miss Elton is like, oh, like, see, you weren't a terrible cat owner. Like, yeah. You did give him the best life. And she says that the only way to learn is to live, which I think is a... Wonderful little quote. It's true. She tries to express, like, disinterest um, in the other lives, and she's, like, saddened by the concept of other lives, because she's like, well, if Votes is dead and all of them, then I don't want them. Um, but then, you know, Miss Elm's just like, okay, well, then we'll just wait. And she's like, she sits there and plays chess, and then uh, Nora gets bored, so then she picks up a book. Um, and it's the life where she goes to, um, Australia with Izzy. Australia. I'm going to find out some (laughs) tragic things about Izzy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, Izzy. Izzy. (laughs) Oh, you actually, like, ended up on, like, I guess, like, is this the, no, I don't know. What? What? (laughs) Calvin, are you high? Well, like, the ending of Izzy's character in this chapter just, like, made me sad. And I'm like, then we have Izzy coming on. Yeah, it kind of worked out. Like, are Izzy coming on? The end of Izzy. Izzy will never be on the podcast again after this. (laughs) I was just like, 
Oh no. <laughs> so she she's in a pool and she's like, okay, I guess I'm like a swimmer in this life. And she just swims and and she gets out of the pool and she's like, I don't know like who I am. And she looks in her stuff. She finds a locker key. She goes to her locker key. She finds like her wallet and some other things. And she's like, well, I still don't have like a home address or anything. So I'm just going to wander around. So, but she does have an apartment key. So that's something. She finds a guy walking who seems to know her and he tells her that she's working later. And she's like, where? And he thinks it's a joke. Yeah, he just laughs and leaves. For real. Like, yeah. I would be like, no, where am I working? Please yeah, tell like, me. Yeah, for real, dude. <laughs> I have amnesia. So she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. So she sits down on this bench um, and she looks through like social media and emails and she doesn't really find anything. She finds an email that sounds like kind of fake-ish. Apparently, though, Dan is still t- contacting her. Let's just like take note of this. This guy never really like leaves. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, I'm going to Australia next month. And I'm like, can you go away? Please, <laughs> Please don't, don't want to see your character anymore. <laughs> And then her social media has, like, these weird dark poems. The fire one. I didn't reread it when I was doing my notes, but from what I remember, it sounds like... It seems like she had a falling out with a friend or something like that. It's, it looked like when I was reading it. A falling out uh, or something more death. permanent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like... Something maybe fire. fiery. <laughs> yeah. A little foreshadow there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bit of a foreshadow there. So she goes in her emails again, and she finds the address of her apartment. She goes to her apartment, and she lives down in like this rundown shack with a stoner roommate. It's probably Catherine, who. <laughs> uh, my place is clean. I clean my apartment. It's like a mix of Catherine and I, because she's like killing zombies and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, she's just sitting there like gaming, and she's like talking about conspiracy theories. Like, so I imagine she's like. You know, someone who follows last podcast on the left, like, vigorously. And she's like, man, you know, the aliens, like, the greys, they're coming to kidnap our women. <laughs> but she had she's a like, and the crickets, about cats. She's like, the crickets are committing suicide, and the cats <laughs> are watching you for the government. <laughs> yes. I wanted to look up the grasshopper suicide thing. I'm like, is that real? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Oh, my God. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> Nora's just like, what is happening? And she's like, hey, do you know what happened to my friend Izzy? And the roommate's like, what? Like, Izzy? And she's like, yeah, like, Izzy died in a car crash, like, a year ago or something. Uh, So she looks it up, and Izzy did die in this car accident on the way to Nora's birthday party in Australia. That was the saddest part. Yeah, she's like, I was on the way. And she just got her job on the whale watching tour. It was like a month after they moved to Australia. Oh, I guess that month. Yeah. And she's she like, was barely in Australia and died. Yeah. So I guess, but then in turn, that could make her feel better that she didn't go to Australia. Yeah, that's true. Because she never would have driven to her birthday that's party. <laughs> yeah. Nora's just like filled with all this grief, obviously. And she kind of starts missing back to the library and she gets a call from work. And work turns out to be giving ferry tickets out and the guy's like where are you you're late and she's like this doesn't even matter like right like yeah she doesn't have to worry about going to work yeah and he doesn't even really know her he's like this is Nora, right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like she's not even important enough for him to know who she is yeah it just sounds like a minimum wage Mm -hmm. kind of like thing 
slog. Even, like, when we went into her apartment, there were, like, things. I remember, like, her antidepressant pills were there. There was, like, a National Geographic magazine with a black hole cover that was in her original life that she looked at before. When she walked into the apartment, I was like, did things change? Yeah, it's literally her same life, but just in Australia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she has a roommate instead of a cat. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. I guess that note is where we're going to end on today. I guess I wish wish we picked a happier one to end on, but... We're sorry, Izzy. I didn't pick this. You did this, Brittany. You were the one that scheduled this out or laid this out. I didn't know that Izzy was going to be on our first episode. I wouldn't have killed her off at the beginning. I didn't know this was going to happen in the first episode. You know, I didn't even make that connection until I was reading this. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's okay. I forgive you. We're glad you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for coming on our uh, episode. Is there anything that you two want to plug before we hightail it out of here? Uh, subscribe to my YouTube, Sweet Z123. I'm a gamer. I'm a musician. I'm- <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. So, watch it. Thank you. All right, everybody. If you want to look at some awesome photography and ridiculous reels of my cat, you can find oh. me at Designer with Fire on Instagram. And please support your deaf and hard of hearing content creators. We love it. Honestly, you had me at Reels of Your Cat. <laughs> honestly they do better than my photos and i'm just like you know what whatever people love cats <laughs> but i love your photos too your photos are great oh thank you hey everyone this is future Brittany here this recording went long slash we did it at 10 p.m on a work night so we were a little tired so we forgot to do our normal announcements i'll just plug those here really quick if y'all want to follow us on Instagram, you can find me at BM Ross Music. You can find Catherine at Cat Flinch Flute. You can follow the podcast at Fiddle and Pipe. Also find us on TikTok at Fiddle and Pipe. You can find us on Facebook at Fiddle and Pipe Forum. If you like what we do, please consider joining us on patreon.com slash Fiddle and Pipe. Catherine and I both put hours every week into making this podcast the well-produced and fully functional service that y'all enjoy each week. We have bloopers and outtakes from every episode. We read separate books that we are not putting on our main stream, so please consider throwing a couple bucks our way each month. We really do appreciate those of you who are currently supporting us. If you don't want to or can't contribute to what we do you can rate and review us for free on any platform that allows you to do so such as apple podcasts and spotify here's back to your normally scheduled programming well thank you for coming on this episode and we will see y'all next week for our second section mm-hmm. of midnight library we're reading like the next 100 pages or so so it should be a time yeah I think I put, like, the description or something on Instagram, at Fiddle and Pipe, if you want to check out that pinned post, because I definitely pinned it. So, check it out. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 See ya.